0: Hello Rebels of the sharp Pollution. Normally I start off this podcast by saying hi, but I'm going to start this one off by saying hydration. We know how important hydration is for our bodies. It's the thing that keeps us running, right? You want to be a well-oiled machine. You want to be running efficiently. You know what can help you run efficiently? Liquid IV. It is the category winning Hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their Hydration Multiplier is the one product that you are missing in your daily routine. It comes in a little stick that's a powder, and in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. If you use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, when you feel run down, maybe after a long night out and doing a little partying, you know what I mean? And even, what if you have like a long flight or something like that and you just bleh, right? We all feel that way, bleh. So and this... To your water, and that convenient packaging can go with you anywhere you go. Even if you're going to the gym, or you're traveling, or you're at work, and maybe you didn't have a great breakfast, at least it's something that will fuel you up in the morning. And there's a whole bunch of flavors that are available, like sea berry, strawberry lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, strawberry, passion fruit, guava, acai berry. Did I say that right? I never know how to say that, but those are just some of the flavors. Here's some statistics for you folks. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water contains five essential vitamins. B3, B5, B6, B12, and even vitamin C. And we all know how important those B vitamins are. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and it is free from gluten, dairy, and soy. I'm going to offer you a great deal, Rebels. If you go to liquidiv.com and use Offer Code SHERPA, you can get 20% off of anything that you order on that site when you're shopping for some better hydration. So that's Liquid IV. Check it out at liquidiv.com. podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you in cooperation with the SJ Network. If you're a person who'd like to appear on a podcast, contact Steven Joyner at S J Network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today, the Sherpa will be interviewing Fanacek. Whose podcast is about movies and TV. Yesterday, my wife and I watched three DVDs back-to-back. Fortunately, I was the one facing the television.
1: Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa.
0: Hello, Rebels of the sharp Welcome to Too Many Podcasts. Jim the Podcast Sherpa coming to you from here in the sherpa studios, high atop Mount Podcastia. The weather is lovely, looking outside my little tiny hole in the wall. Can't afford Windows yet, but don't worry, I'll, I'll get to that point anyway. We've got an interesting show this week tell you a little bit about my guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? He goes by the name of Fanachek, and that is the name of his podcast as well. And as you could probably get the reference, or maybe you don't because you're too young, he has got a major obsession with TV and movies. And we had a great discussion about TV and movies. I don't really discuss TV with too many guests on here. And uh, he was a real pleasure to do that. And we had a really fun time, too. Now, obviously, he uses Fanacek for personal reasons, because he doesn't want people to know his actual name. But I, I can relate, you know, because uh, I have to use Jim the Podcast Sherpa, because I don't want people to know my actual name, which, sh- 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 I'll tell you, it's it's Conan O'Brien. And and people usually think that I'm not as tall as I say that I am. But anyway, we will move on to this interview. And following that interview, of course, we will have Sherpa samples. I got 10 more off the charts, that you might want to check out. So why don't we get started with my interview with Fanacek. Hello there, Rebels. We are here in the media room at the Sherpa Chalet, and my guest today has a podcast which celebrates movies and TV and all sorts of popular culture things that come with that. He is known under one name, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, his name is Fanacek. He is coming to me, well, we'll just say from an undisclosed location, just <laughs> so we don't give anything away. Fan? Can I call you Fan? You call me, yeah, you call me Fan. I'm trying to get the check to work. The check, but it's, it's not happening, man. No <laughs> okay, on. I don't have a check for you, so. <laughs> so fan, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, uh, hey, thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure being here, man.
0: So you uh, are have a lifelong love affair with movies and TV.
1: Oh yeah. I was, uh, I had, uh, my parents were pretty checked out. <laughs> so <laughs> I was basically raised by TV. I have like memories of being like, Ten years old and home alone watching thirty something, which is which, which is not good. So yeah, I, I loved. I just I have a weird relationship with television for sure.
0: Did you like grow up on a lot of like the kids shows, or was it mostly like? Yeah, adult yeah, sure. I mean, I
1: watched a lot of the kids stuff, but I feel I have all these memories. So my my parents or and I, I'm not really joking. My parents didn't do the greatest job, but we wouldn't have to go into that. But I was home alone a lot as a kid. Like that's like my first memory. So I'm talking about like you know in the in the '80s you know once 10 o'clock 11 o'clock rolled around it was Cheers reruns, uh the Odd Couple reruns, the Honeymooners. So that's and again I'm not even kidding I was watching 30 something which that show was pretty dark especially <laughs> for a 10 year old you know, and so so yeah I was just home alone a lot and so that became just kind of my 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 best friend I guess <laughs> so that's that's why I spent my evenings so like I wasn't allowed to go out I mean like we're talking school nights so they'd be out late at night. Um, they were and not partying or anything. They were uh, really into Amway, <laughs> so oh. they were out doing that. And so, uh, so I was home alone while they were trying to build out the American Dream, which never panned out. And I was watching, and I was watching all these television classics, and it kind of shaped who I am now. So.
0: Now, I'm I'm probably just as guilty as it's I, I think especially with guys when we get hooked on movies and TV shows, we we get to the point where we know like every bit of dialogue from beginning to the end. Oh yeah. Are you're yeah. like that too?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, for sure with certain things. Yeah. And I and then there's certain shows that I'll just keep re-watching, like um even some more recent shows, like one of my go tos, like a comfort show for me is The Office. I've seen The Office probably 30 times over, like every episode, you know. Uh-huh. And then The Sopranos is another one that I can probably recite. So, so sure. And then a, a lot of the older shows, I don't, I don't know those like word for word, but like I've watched Columbo a lot. I'll go back and watch like the Rockford Files, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can get kind of obsessive about stuff.
0: It sounds like a lot of your, your big era is, it's like seventies 70s TV, seventies 70s Yeah, you know
1: that's kind of my favorite for sure. And and you said you were talking earlier about you know you about memorizing movies and knowing them line by line. So what happened was, I, I my podcast is fairly new. Like I'm less than a year into this, but it's really kind of taking off. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, so I'm not as as uh well versed in the world of podcasting as you. I know yours goes back several years. Um, but what sparked it was. I was I was just all of a sudden got obsessed. This is embarrassing to say out loud. I got obsessed with the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. And actually, I know I know your podcast is only audio, but like behind me, you can actually see a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood poster. That's what yeah. that is back there. And so I was became obsessed with it. And I was like, and I was watching it every Saturday night after my wife and kids would go to bed. I and mean, I know the movie and it's about an actor in 1969. And so it just got me thinking, I was like, wow, those are the kind of actors that I miss. You know, and I don't know if you're familiar with the movie or not. But 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 Leonardo DiCaprio plays a character named Rick Dalton who, you know, was a television actor and now he's on his way down. And now his career is basically he's playing the bad guy in lots of different one-off episodes of TV mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what it was like when, when I was a kid. You know, I'd see like Robert Culp on this show and Robert Culp on that show. And like, the, oh, the lead guy in that show is now the bad guy on this show. And like, I just, it got me thinking about that. And I can go, I go down the IMDb rabbit holes like ridiculously. Like I'll be watching TV. I'll be like, that character looks, who is that actor? I'll look him up. Two hours later, I'm still on the app because it led me to this movie, then that show. Then wow, i hadn't even heard of that show. It lasted one episode. It got canceled in 1981. And like, so I thought, why don't I just make a, a podcast about this, where where I do exactly what I'm doing now? I ramble on incessantly about things that people probably don't care about. But um, but yeah, anyway. So but I, it does. It is a lot of 70s stuff. Although I was basically an 80s kid for sure. So I grew up watching a lot of the 80s sitcoms as well.
0: Right? You probably call it like all the 70s reruns that were. Sure. On all the local stations where they just have marathons, and <laughs> you probably you just soaked up man. really quick. You
1: bet. Like I was, I grew up on all the Norman Lear stuff. So, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times, Mod, Love Taxi. Um. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore is a blind spot for me. I don't really know Mary Tyler Moore, but but uh, but yeah, I love the '70s stuff and, and like I said, a lot of the '80s stuff as well, man. So, well, what's your favorite TV show?
0: Well, my favorite TV show is, I guess, as far as like classic TV, uh, I I could probably recite most of the Odd Couple episodes. Oh, it's a great show. <laughs> pretty easily, the Norman Lear stuff I liked, all The Old Family, uh-huh. you know, The Jeffersons. I think the two best shows that I, I liked were probably The Odd Couple and one that was on for a short period. Time Police Squad with Uzzy Nielsen. Yeah, good
1: stuff, man. Well, it's funny you mentioned you mentioned the odd couple. I was actually reading today. Um, I'm reading this book now about um, the making of the dirty dozen, you know, the, the 1967 movie, with Lee Marvin and, and Charles Bronson's in it. And the book talks about how they interview Charles Bronson's son. And before he was famous, Charles Bronson was really good friends with Jack Klugman. They came up together and they worked as, as barkers in, in Atlantic city. Like I guess trying to get people to come into the theaters and stuff, but it was was young Charles Bronson and young Jack Klugman together. So I just thought that was an interesting duo. I don't, you know, like the badass Charles Bronson hanging out with Jack Klugman, who probably still talked like that when he was young, you know, with the, the, the deep voice and everything. So yeah, but I love the odd couple, man.
0: Yeah. With all like the older shows, I think especially with the older ones, the character actors, we re- got really familiar really quick, I think, because they just, like you said, they ended up in a lot of different TV shows and sometimes sure. some of them, they always tended to play like the same type of guy. He's like, oh, you play the CD character in Columbo. And now you're a CD character in, you know, on the Jefferson. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and they, well, you know, it's funny. They always say, if you want to work forever, be a character actor, you know? Yes. And so, yeah. So you do, you see them popping up and there was, and there was less platform. So they were, they were popping up on a lot of this. You just saw them more often, you know I mean? Right. Uh, and they became like what I call like a, that guy actor, which is, oh, it's that guy. It's that guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um And actually, it's funny. Larry Hankin just wrote a book called That Guy, <laughs> and he's and sure. he's one of those people. It's like two hundred credits, and he's forever. He was like, "Oh, it's that guy," you know. And so, so yeah, you're right, man. They, they and just worked forever. So you see him on Columbo to The Odd Couple, and then you see them getting older in the '80s and early yeah. '90s. There they are with their really white hair. are like, man. And then and then one day they're gone. <laughs> and that's the other part of my podcast is um. Although I have fun with it, and and I I, I do a lot of research for most episodes. If it's not an, even in my interviews, actually, I do a lot of uh research. But when even if it's just me or with a friend on, I do a lot of research on it, and and I'm really well prepared going into it. And I and and but I make fun of a lot of stuff too, and I'm not always as kind as I can be to some things. But I will will say over time, what I've realized, just to make it more serious for a second, is I feel like what I'm trying to also be as a steward for some of this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it makes me genuinely sad that like you know there's going to come a time, Jim, where where no one's going to even understand who the hell Jack Klugman was. Right, and that's and honestly, there's very few people younger than me. I'm 46. You're, you're gonna be hard pressed to find someone younger than 45 who knows who that is. And that kind of makes me sad. And it's like, well, maybe if I, if I can spend some time researching it and honoring those careers, and then and along the way, finding some crazy credits that no one really remembers or some show that never should have been made, but lasted, you know, four episodes, then I'll have fun along the way. But that's also what it's about, I think, is about you know keeping the memory alive a little bit. It makes me sad that this stuff's gonna be gone.
0: It it's very true. I mean, I'm older than you, and I've mentioned Groucho Marx to people, and they look at me like, "Well, well who's that?" Right? And I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> you don't yeah.
1: understand." That's sad. You know, I uh, so I was an act. So I I was an actor for a number of years. Not not so great, but but it was kind of cool being in that world. And I lived in L. Um, a. And there's a famous. There's several famous comedy clubs in Los Angeles, and one of them is the. Um, the, uh, the Laugh Factory on Sunset. And, and above the Laugh Factory, there's offices. And I've never been up there, but one of those offices was Groucho's office back in the day. And I used to drive by it all the time to think like, oh my God, Groucho Marx used to work in that room. Like look through those windows and no one knows now. And who the hell knows what office that is now? You know, uh, probably some, you know, uh, influencer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, a, a crew, like you said, has no appreciation for Groucho Marx. But yeah, that used to always just drive me crazy.
0: Yeah, that, that is true, though. I mean, and that also brings up another valid point because I think some of the people who have like the YouTube fame are going to become more well known than from some of the TV actors that we've oh, sure. known and the TikTokers and stuff. I mean, I'm i in my in my show, I sample podcasts. You know, from off the podcast charts, and so many of them are they were from TikTok, they were from YouTube, and now they're doing podcasts. And you know, they they have all these followers. Where the actors really, you know, it took time for them to build their craft, yeah. as opposed to these other people who were like, oh well, I got a million people follow me in six months. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: there's something not right here. You know, where these people have to hone their craft, and these other ones are just, you know. Because they were farting on camera. They have a million followers. Right. You know, there, there's well, no there's, justice guess, there.
1: And although I agree with you, I guess you got to take the good with the bad because um, I guess everyone's got a platform now, including podcasters, right? So so for every influencer there on TikTok or YouTube, there's some podcasters who probably shouldn't be,
0: shouldn't be doing this as well. Actually, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Those, but, those are the ones who are farting on their podcast. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: But, you know, it's funny. You're right, though. I, I was listening to just today. I was listening to Howard Stern. Uh, In my car and he had someone on. I was like, who is this girl? And I'm, you know, Alex something. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to it and it occurred to me, oh, she's an influencer. She's Howard has seen her doing makeup tips online and posing in a bikini. And I was like, now she's on the Howard Stern show. She's like 22 (laughs) years old. I'm like, wow. And, and, and no real discernible talent except for getting her name and face out there. So.
0: <laughs> and by 30, they'll be like, don't, weren't you famous once? Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: she'll be forgotten. She'll be on a reality show like, you know, <laughs> with other has But yeah, it's uh, it's a changing world, man. We all have a platform now.
0: I'm curious, were there certain shows or maybe movies that maybe over time, maybe you weren't too crazy about them, but then you gradually got a, a new appreciation for them? Were there anything that kind of fall in that category? You know, um... Sure, you know well I'll tell
1: you and then there's stuff that like I still don't have an appreciation for I'm trying to find one but like I, I think like early on like I remember taxi didn't grab my attention as a little kid mm-hmm. you know um it, it's it's kind of an understated show you know even the opening theme music no no and so I, I, that one took me a while but now I have such a love for it you know um i i uh, I, I the graduate was one like I remember being really young seeing the graduate and knowing, okay, I'm really affected by this, but I don't know why, like, you know what I mean? Like I, but I was, I was probably 12 years old, but I knew there's something special about this. But So it took me a long time to kind of put my finger on what about that movie that I loved and the acting, the writing and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's things that I'm fighting to like, like I have some things that make me not cool. Like, um, uh, what's an example, Monty Python. I just, I don't know. I, cause I came out of comedy, like I worked in Second City and, and you know what I mean? I came out of an improv comedy world and, and I, I'm a pretty funny guy where I used to be. I can't, I don't understand Monty Python. It's not, for me. it's not for me. So every now and then I'll pop one on, like tonight's the night, like tonight's the night where I'm going to understand Monty Python and I'll join that club. Um, but I'm not there yet, man. So
0: I, I think with Monty Python, like I didn't really get it at first, uh-huh. but, I, I think it was kind of, some, I think maybe there were some shows that if you saw that from the get-go, then you got more into it. And then it kind of become part of your, your maybe your vocabulary sure. and stuff like that, you know? And even like, I mean, what you were saying about like like Taxi, I mean, there's there's a couple of comedies that if you watch the first season, not that great. You know, the, the first couple of episodes yeah. are kind of like, meh, and then all of a sudden it gels, yeah. You know, you, you, the, the the writing gets sharper or maybe there's like they bring on a character who just turns everything upside down. You, you know, I mean, that's happened with a lot. I mean, the first season of Seinfeld wasn't a big hit. It was, oh, no,
1: it was. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I I know I'm with you. A lot of pilots are awful. The show hasn't found itself yet. And yeah. Uh, No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I'm pretty bad about that too. Like I can't, I don't think there's really many shows. I can only think of one example, which is The Walking Dead. It's the only show where I started watching it from day one. Mm -hmm. Every other show, I kind of wait and see if it's a hit and people love it. People are talking about, okay, now I'll watch it because I've got bad luck. Every show I've ever been like, that's going to be amazing. I watch it. It's done two weeks later. <laughs> like it was an awful <laughs> show, and so uh, so I'm pretty bad. I, I don't do that. But you're right. Like shows take a while to find themselves. I was you know another thing. I remember reading a book. Um, I forget who wrote it. Uh, one one of the former presidents of NBC. I think it was called Top of the Rock. But they were talking about the shows he produced while he was there. And one of them was Friends. And I never caught this. And I'm not a huge Friends guy. But I mean, I've seen it. You know, i I don't <laughs> live under a rock. Um, if you go back and watch the early Friends episodes, the first couple, Joey's not dumb, right? Right. And and so he he and they they realized, okay, th- this is gonna be gross, this character. <laughs> if, if he's gonna have this much sex, like it's gonna be nasty. And someone was like, you know, I've seen him do other things. He's really good at playing dumb. Let's try that. And then and that kind of evolved and then it clicked for him. Otherwise, he just would have been this really skeezy guy, because the stuff he does is not cool unless you're dumb <laughs> and lovable, right. you know. But yeah, and that's an, a great example of like we all right, we're filming, we're already several episodes in, but we haven't really discovered the character yet. We don't know where this is gonna go. And yeah, yeah,
0: so. yeah. and even something that also falls under to probably even to more of an extreme level was married with children. You know, the the first couple of seasons were very tame, you know. It was the humor was in that they didn't really like each other, but they stuck together. But when you see it towards like about three or four seasons in, and they're doing some crazy stuff and getting themselves into like wild predicaments. Oh, and, sure. And you and you hear it in the audience when they're they're just screaming.
1: Yeah. Why that show was on. wild, man. I love me and my friends love Married with Children. That <laughs> was the best. <laughs> that actually that's one example where my mom put her foot down. There was a there was a period of time where I was not allowed to watch Married with Children. I was like, Oh yeah, but when I was 10, I could watch 30 something. <laughs> and that was a now was a 13 year old that can't watch Married with Children. But uh yeah, that show that show kind of uh, definitely, you know, from its origin to, went went Pretty extreme.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, I think also when I think even with some of like the Fox comedies, they were giving a little more loose rein as they went on. Cause I remember what they said with The Simpsons, yeah, one of the parts of their agreement with Fox, they were like, you, we're taking, you know, creative control. You can't tell us what we can right. and can't do. You know, and Fox I mean, still have a I lot of marketing power. power. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, you're right. Fox was obviously the new network, they didn't have a lot of money. And so they, yeah, they didn't have a lot of, they didn't have a lot of power. I mean, they had, I think 21 Jump Street kind of helped launch them. And of course, The Simpsons, mm-hmm. like you said, married with children, but they did not have a lot of leverage over their, their, their assets. Yeah. I mean, The Simpsons had, you know, full control. Whereas had The Simpsons been on NBC, it would have been a whole different animal. <laughs> you know, NBC would have put their foot down. But yeah. And those early Fox days were brutal. I mean, there was, it was really low budget, and uh, but I, I think like early on it was like twenty one Jump Street was one of the first one to put them on the map, and they got mm-hmm. followed up with Married with Children, The Simpsons, and they kind of took off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot for a second, fan of Jack. Sure. Uh, three classic TV shows you would recommend to somebody who's never seen them, and three relatively new ones. Ooh. So it doesn't matter what genre, like. Uh, no, no, no. Whatever. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just coming straight from, you know, like off the top of your head, if you, if, if somebody Just said, oh, what's an old show I, I should watch, Fan chat Off the top of my head, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Honeymooners. I'm going to
1: try to space it out, you know, so I think Honeymooners, Um, I'm going to go All in the Family. I'm going to go Columbo. So I love the Honeymooners because, I mean, it, it's such a time capsule and it's really the birth of sitcoms. I mean, it, you know, it really is. Um, all in the Family was like really where where shows like that became socially conscious and tackled so many things that are so relevant today. And you'll never be able to do it again today. Yeah. So I love it. And then Columbo is just my favorite because it's my favorite. I love Col- – I'm obsessive with Columbo. I actually have a my Columbo mouse pad. <laughs> it's right here. Um, and I've got a, an autograph Peter Falk somewhere here. Um, but I love Columbo because I, I just uh, – again, it's a great time capsule. But I love the genius of that show, which is the, the mystery isn't who did it. The mystery is how he's gonna prove it. You know, we always right. knew who the killer was, but now it's like, well, how's how he gonna how's he gonna pin it on him? And and that's and that's just to me is interesting because every other who done it is literally a who-done it. This one's like, no, we know in the opening scenes who did it. Now we're gonna see how how Columbo can prove it. So off the top of my head, those are my three classics, although I could have gone on forever. Okay. Three current shows. Current, like still on the air. I gotta go with succession for one. Boy, I'm loving succession. Do you watch that? Or
0: uh th- that I've never seen, no. Oh man, I,
1: I I that's a good one. They're in their final season right now. I love Succession. You know what else I love because it makes me feel good about life. Ted Lasso. Okay, I love Ted Lasso. So so, I, and I'm, I'm trying to think what current shows am I even watching now. So I love Ted Lasso. I love uh, Succession. I'm at a loss. What the hell else is out?
0: I don't think I'm watching anything right now. A lot of the shows I was watching wrapped up. Um, that's interesting that your classic ones were from network television and your two modern ones were from streaming services. Well, you know, I, is <laughs> it? I mean, that's that's kind of how it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a,
1: it's a great point. I mean, uh, yeah. Ever since really The Sopranos, I mean, I feel like a network show has to really be good for people to, I mean, for at least for me to really check in and, and watch it. Um, gosh, I can't think of a third show right now. I'm at a loss
0: yeah I think what ha- what happens too, between the networks and the streaming stuff is the networks kind of say, Well, this works. Let's do it again, and we'll just tweak it a little bit where the you know the Netflix and the Amazon, they're just like, let's just come out with this wild concept, and we've got the money to do it. So you know yeah. we'll, we'll go off the deep end. And then network TV very often gets afraid to do that. And when they do, they usually come out with a winner. Sure. Sure. You know, it's just a different
1: animal. Um, I mean, like, like a show like Succession, again, it's an HBO show. They can do whatever they want, you know, and so it can get as dark as it needs to go. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have, you know, one episode can be 47 minutes, next one can be 56. So I think they have more, birth; they have a wider berth to tell the story that they really want to tell. And you don't feel the beats. Like, I, I like I, I mean, anyone really who's grown up in america watching watching broadcast television, network television, um you can close your eyes and just listen and know when the commercials are coming. You can, you know, and as someone I used to I used to write as well as act and and it was so easy for me to write spec scripts because I could just feel it in my soul <laughs> like and that wraps up that act commercial break and go. So that's the other part of it. It's just it's it's a freer form of storytelling in a lot of ways. but but yeah, I'm embarrassed because I, I don't know what else I'm watching right now. Um, I watch so many old things that I'm not currently watching anything. I started that Brooke Shields, not that it's a show. I started that Brooke Shields documentary. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't get into it. But anyway, I'm just that's the last thing that I tried to watch that's that's current. But I was <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like Blue Lagoon, but I don't think I have to watch a whole docu-series on,
0: on Brooke Shields. It, so. To your point about uh, being able to time a TV show, uh, a while back, I got to interview Robert Wall. And- really? He he was one of the writers of Police Squad. And he said, with a regular sitcom, he said, you can time the jokes. He said, you don't even have to be in the room watching it. You know, he said, you can you can pace it, but he said Police Squad wasn't a huge success. He said, because you had to sit there and pay attention to get all the jokes.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. I didn't I hadn't thought of that. Are you are you watching any current shows right now?
0: Oh, uh, what's um not too much dreaming stuff. Uh, I saw the Stallone thing on Paramount. Uh, Tulsa, Tulsa King. Tulsa King. Was that good? I thought good? that was pretty good. That's one That one I'm on the fence with. I might check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a twist for him. He's not the typical Stallone character. He's a little, you know, he's got a, got a harder edge. Uh-huh. And I, the, the first couple of episodes make me laugh because you know he like a, he becomes like a crime boss. It's not really a spoiler, and yeah. he just can kind of like he works everything to his advantage. You know, by the end of the show, yeah. so he's like, like how did this guy just walk in here and say, okay, well this is now mine, this is now mine, and now right. I got you working for me. And yeah, it was interesting. And um, we're gonna catch the last season of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I was following
1: that and I was loving it. And my wife and I stopped, but I really enjoyed the first couple of seasons. And I don't know why we stopped watching it, but that's that was fantastic.
0: The the previous season, the one before the last, I don't know if it's the fourth or the fifth, I'm trying to remember, was kind of so-so. It was okay. it seemed like, But I think COVID kind of threw off their rhythm because they, they went so long without taping. And they've got so many brilliant comic actors on that show. Sure. I, but, but, but the first two seasons, I, I felt were, were hilarious.
1: Yeah, no, that was
0: fantastic. That show, yeah,
1: I I enjoyed that very much. So yeah, my wife and I were watching. That's something too. But just a little bit about me, I've also got young kids, Mm -hmm. so my TV viewing, man, it's it's uh, it's I gotta get it where I can get it. So (laughs) I'm not following too many current shows right now. That's probably why I'm. I'm you know I'll be late at night streaming some obscure thing. But uh, anyway. Yeah. I got to get back on Miss Maisel. That was fun. I love that they wrote in um, Lenny Bruce. I love that. I thought that was great that Lenny Bruce is a character on that show. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's uh, Bruno Kirby's son, right? Is it Bruce Kirby's son? Wait, no, it's Bruno Kirby's son. I'm trying to remember which one. Yeah. Get out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Get out of town. I got to go back and watch that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, so when you you don't get the chance to watch TV and... uh, You want to listen to like a a podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what are some of the podcasts that you like to listen to?
1: Man, there's a lot. Um, I, I go back and forth. So, so one of my favorites is a, sh- uh, a podcast called The Rewatchables. I was just listening to an episode of that. That's so funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I love the Rewatchables. They do a great job, and it's actually gotten me to start watching because I, I, I obviously, you know, with the premise is, they take shows that aren't necessarily work movies. Rather, there aren't necessarily great movies, but rewatchable movies. Like you know, um, and I think the most recent one was um, like, well, it always comes out on Tuesdays. It came out today. I don't even remember what it was. Anyhow, but but they break it down and tell, you know, who won the movie and, and and if you were going to recast it and all that kind of stuff. But I love it. And what it's prompted me a few times to go back and watch the movie that they're talking about so I can enjoy the podcast. So it's funny, like they did Sleepless in Seattle, which I hadn't seen that since in the theater and I don't care, you know what I mean? But because they- But because they were so excited about it in the podcast, I had to pause it. And then that night, I watched Sleepless in Seattle just so I knew what the hell they were talking about in the podcast. So I love the rewatchables. I'm also getting really, in the same vein, I'm really getting into Quentin Tarantino's podcast, uh, Video Archives. Okay, and and that's really exposed me to some older films that I never would have watched had it not been for them. Like, um, I I watched uh, a movie called The Last Run recently. So they did an episode, and, and the premise of the the podcast, by the way, is everyone knows Quentin's story. He you know he worked in a, a video store as as young man, and then he wrote Reservoir Dogs and all that stuff. However, when he became famous, and right around the time he became famous, started making money. Video stores going out of business, he went in and bought their entire inventory. Hmm. So rather than let Blockbuster go in there and buy it all for pennies on the dollar, he bought the video store's inventory and he still has it. So when, they're t- so when him and his partner are talking about these movies, he still has the original video archives box. He's like, it was under H in the comedy section. It was tape number 1824. One, eight, like, it's kind of funny, you know, but it's exposed me to these old movies that that I never would have heard of or watched. And a great example is a movie called The Last Run, um, starring George C. Scott about this getaway driver who's now living in Portugal. And it's just a cool movie. And I never would have heard of it, never would have watched it had it not been for his podcast. So video archives, podcast of Quentin Tarantino, the rewatchables, will be Simmons. Uh, Those are some of my favorites. And uh, then I I like rewatch podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'll listen to Office Ladies every now and then. Um, I love Talking Sopranos. That was fun. I don't know if you ever listen to that, but yeah, those are some of my top ones.
0: Okay. Now, uh, now, just one more thing before I before I let it's you go. One more more. It, just, just one more thing.
1: My <laughs> wife's got a nephew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my, my wife loves this portion of the show. It's called Shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> shameless Self Promotion. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could let everybody know how they could check out your show and... Uh, yeah, I mean, you haven't know, so- commit any crimes or anything like that.
1: <laughs> I uh, that's good, that was solid, man. I uh, well, yeah, yeah, sure. So, I'm, I'm available on most streamings or wherever you listen to podcasts, so iTunes, Apple, all that stuff. Um, I am on Twitter, of course, at Fanacheck Podcast. And Fanacheck, by the way, is F A N A C E K. So, at Fanacheck Podcast. I'm very active on Facebook for some reason. A lot of people engage me on Facebook. It's where I met a lot of my guests and I, I'm part of lots of groups, but on Facebook, I am real Fanacheck, and I can always be emailed at fanacheckpodcast at gmail.com. I've got a YouTube channel now too, which, uh, I don't know if <laughs> just look me up, look at my podcast. I'll have a link to that. I don't know what the link is for my YouTube channel. Um, it's kind of new. I, as I started getting celebrities on my show, I thought well, gosh, I should probably have this video for, if nothing else, just for posterity. <laughs> so, so I started a YouTube channel. Um, but you can find that if you just Google Fanacek and YouTube and all that stuff. But th- I think that's 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 all my self-promotion I have for now.
0: Well, there you go, folks. If you want to check his show out, that's what you got to do. It was so nice meeting you, Fanacek. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate it, man. Ah, ah, ah now it's time for sherpa samples if you've got a podcast you'd like us to sample contact us and we'll
0: mention your name on the show and that sound can only mean one thing or maybe not i don't know it might mean something else, but all I know it to mean is it's time for Sherpa Samples, and that is where I have a listen to some of the podcasts that are on the charts and let you know what they are about. And if there is a podcast that you'd like me to check out, you know what to do. Just reach out to me on social media, at Sherpa Pollution on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Mention it. If uh, I have not yet heard the podcast, I will gladly listen to it. And you... We'll get your name mentioned on the show. woo That'll make you weak. I know. Some people just love hearing their name on podcasts, right? Bob Smith in Akron, Ohio. This one's for you, buddy. I, I don't know Bob Smith from Akron, Ohio. But uh, anyway, let's get on with the Sherpa samples. And interestingly enough, and I didn't even plan this, uh, I listened to the podcast, The Rewatchables, uh, right before I spoke to Fanacek. And he's a big fan of it. And I think he described it better than I probably could. It's basically a podcast about movies that need to be rewatched. And it's hosted by Bill Simmons, who usually hosts a lot of the sports podcasts. But uh, they talk a lot about this. I thought it was okay. Um, Maybe it could have been a little shorter. But it was interesting. You can tell they are definitely big movie fans to have these kind of conversations. So it definitely makes it interesting. So We're Alive Descendants. I guess this is a continuation of a podcast uh, that has to do with us. a civilization that has been wiped out by, I guess, a virus which turns people into like these mutant zombies, and these people are trying to escape from there. And I guess the descendants are the children of some of the people in the first part of the series. The voices that they used sounded to me like they came out of a video game, but maybe it actually did come from a video game. I'm not sure. The The type of story that it is, is befitting for a video game. So I don't know if if any of you guys know, just give me a yell and tell me, uh, is there a video game that is attached to We're Alive? Citation Needed is a group of guys uh, taking a subject out of Wikipedia and discussing it. Uh, The style of this show is kind of like My Brother, My Brother and Me with the McInerney Brothers, the type of comedy that they use. I call it dogpile comedy, where one person says something, and then another person says something, and then another, and and they're just like right on top. It's kind of rapid fire, and there's a lot of yelling, and it gets kind of loud and (laughs) a lot of swearing. So if you are fans of My Brother, My Brother and Me, uh, you will probably enjoy Citation Needed. Uh, They actually host a bunch of podcasts in uh, different combinations. From what I understand, I think there's another one that I'm supposed to be listening to pretty shortly. It was interesting and, and kind of silly at the same time. Part of my take is brought to you by Barstool Sports, and it's about two hours long. And the hosts are basically, I guess the best way I could describe this to you is if you like hanging out at a, at a bar or having people over and watching sporting events and you know, there's a lot of conversation going on, it's that kind of vibe. You know, so you might like it, you might not like it. Uh, they also had an interview with Ari Shaffir, Shaffir, who hosts a podcast called The Skeptic Tank, and is a stand-up comic. Uh, I know Ari Shaffir isn't going to come to everybody's party, but you know, they, they they just happen to happen on that show. So uh, that's what that is. Uh, part of my take it's it's sports. It's not part of my interruption. That's two different things and uh, completely different uh, players in both scenarios. Just figured I'd let you know. As you know, uh, I am a big trivia fan, and uh, I checked out one called Lateral with Tom Scott, and that was pretty cool. I find it surprising that whenever they do these trivia podcasts, they really know how to make it work, you know, between uh, Lateral and there's another one called No Such Thing as a Fish, and one called Tell Me Something I Don't Know, which is also hosted by Stephen Dubner, who just happens to be the host of the next podcast that I'm going to mention. Uh, it's called No Stupid Questions, and they just talk about all the different things in life that maybe people are afraid to ask about. The episode that I listened to was with him and a co-host. I forgot his co-host's name. I apologize. What do you do on your birthday? And everybody's got different answers for that question, and they talk a lot about birthdays. Really fascinating stuff. So if you're a trivia buff for either one of those podcasts, lateral, no stupid questions, and tell me something I don't know, or even no such thing as a fish all enjoyable witness devil in the dirt uh is hosted by a journalist whose grandmother was murdered in in the deep south and she goes back and revisits the crime to try and determine who just might have killed her grandmother and i i like the way that the story is told i only listened to like the uh trailer and the first chapter but it's definitely very inviting and it already gets your head scratching when you're listening to the show. I, I don't have dandruff. That's not why my head scratches, but you know what I mean. Mystery, folks. Mystery. True crime. That's it. <laughs> Witness. <laughs> devil in the Ditch. Did I say Devil in the Dirt? No, it's Devil in the Ditch. Sorry about that. I Will Teach You To Be Rich is the podcast which is hosted by the author of the book of the same name, Ramit Sethi. I hope I'm saying that right. And he talks to couples about their money issues. And it's pretty interesting stuff. You know, some of the issues can go on for a couple of episodes, but I know when it comes to relationships, I know that discussing money between couples is always potentially troublesome because usually you have two people who spend and save completely differently. (laughs) And this is what happens, you know, and he does talk to people who have like really varying incomes too. So I'm sure that's another factor that could add to like the stress in a relationship. But he sits with these people and he asks them a lot of questions and they really come to a lot of cold, hard truths about how their relationship is and what they should be doing about their money situation. So if maybe if you're in that kind of situation, it's a podcast that you want to check out. The Mel Robbins podcast. uh, Mel Robbins is a New York Times bestselling author. And it's, I guess, like a life coaching show, you could call it. She's very popular. I know that. I'm surprised I hadn't really gotten to her show sooner. And the episode that I listened to was how to deal with negative people. And she's very straightforward. You know, she doesn't use a lot of uh, new agey terms. You know, just very straightforward. I Like she, when she says people are in their snow globes. <laughs> I can feel that because I'm just constantly cold. I guess that was what she was talking about. You know, that i just getting really bad dandruff. I, I don't know. It's one or the other. But Mel Robbins, yes, she's very popular. And you probably you'll hear a lot of other people who have – advice podcast who enjoy listening to Mel Robbins. I thought it was pretty cool too. I I like the show too. And lastly, Serial Killers, and I mean serial as in S E R I A L, not the stuff you put on your bowl and fill with milk in the morning. Uh the episode that I caught on that was a profile on Ted Bundy. I wasn't really too sure about the background of the hosts. They kind of go into a little bit of a psychological profile of him, but I don't think either one of them were actually psychologists. But the story that they told of him were a lot of things that I didn't really know about. I, I wasn't really setting up much on Ted Bundy anyway, as it was, but uh, it definitely presents an interesting picture of him. And, you know, as you know, he was a serial killer. And and it gives you an idea of maybe how and why he did what exactly he did, not glorifying him at all, just really explaining the cold hard facts behind his brutal killings and speaking of brutal killings (laughs) what a a smooth segue that was folks speaking of brutal killings let's head on into the outro we're on that internet thingy at sharepollution.com A very special thanks to fanacheck for swinging by the sherpa chalet make sure you check out his podcast it's really interesting and a lot of fun too and we hope that you're enjoying this podcast as well and if you are you know what you can do if you could please 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 go to apple podcasts and leave a nice review and you yes you could be entered into our contest just by letting me know and you yes you could possibly win some podcast merchandise from the t-shirt shop that's right you can win a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a coffee cup or a, um, a mouse pad or even a onesie mm-hmm. you know what you're going to do with that onesie i'm going to hope there's a baby involved but it's not for me to judge It's just for you to enter the contest, right? Of course. So we hope that you are enjoying the show anyway, whether you are listening on podcast apps everywhere, Sherpalution.com, or on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, if you want to check this show out on YouTube, there is a podcast on YouTube that is called Too Many Podcasts. That's not me, Rebel, believe it or not. You got to look under Jim the Podcast Sherpa 7996. It will be sharp Illusion eventually once I get enough followers. I'm working on that. I'm getting some pretty good feedback on my videos, though. I really hope that you swing by and check them out. Uh, It's just audio versions of the podcast on YouTube. Just a little graphic in the back. That's it. But I got some goofy promos on there that you can check out. And they're a lot of fun, too. But wherever you listen, however you listen, I hope that you enjoy it. And next week, we will be back with the Sherpa Screening Room. Haven't done that one in a little while. And it is with my friend Don Smith. Don is an actor and comedian. And we had a really interesting conversation, which does not surprise me at all. But you will enjoy that as well. So swing on by. New episodes every Wednesday, of course, on all the places that I just mentioned. So until then, folks, me and Lord Mr. Bruce, we're getting out of here. And we'll see you next time. Viva! La pollution! Thanks for listening to too many podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la pollution! Viva la Chapalisson. <coughs> oh. Yo come back now you hear? Rebels, if you've been checking out some of my promotional ads on social media, you will be aware that I have been using a lot of AI programs to help me create ads. But you know what? There's a lot more uses for AI than just funny little videos. And I'd like to introduce one of our new sponsors, Podium. It is a leader in creating AI tools for podcasters. Now, let's say you've got a podcast and maybe you're even thinking of doing a podcast. You're probably wondering, well, how can AI be integrated with your workflow? I'll tell you about Podium. As a podcaster, you know that writing show notes and creating chapters and transcribing episodes takes a lot of time and it can cost you a lot of money too. But you know what? That's where Podium comes in. It's an AI tool designed specifically for creators and podcasters with the goal of making post-production tasks quick and easy. And in just a few minutes, Podium generates show notes, chapters, summaries, clips for social media, a full transcript, suggested episode titles, social media posts, and more. Whew, that's a lot of work for one little program. You're Show notes are key to your podcast success because it helps new listeners find your podcast and they'll know if it's a fit for them. You know, kind of like too many podcasts, it also improves your SEO that's your search engine optimization. Ooh, big phrase there. And overall accessibility. And with Podium, you can focus on creating a great podcast and let Podium's AI do the heavy lifting. But Podium isn't just for solo creators and podcasters. It's a game changer for editors, producers, marketers, agencies, and production studios. Teams that use Podium's are able to increase workloads, decrease turnaround times, and improve their quality. How does it work? Very easy. First, go to Podium's website and you'll see that link that's right there in the show notes. You get three hours free just to try it. Pretty cool, huh? And using that link also supports this show as well. And you know what else happens? Because I'm a good guy. You use my link, you will get 50% off for your first month. So visit the site, upload an MP3 file, and download your files. And that's it. And if you need anything else, you can use Podium GPT to generate articles and any marketing copy you might need in Seconds, instant show notes, transcripts, chapters for your podcast or channel. This will level up that podcast. So check out Podium today.